0: Did you know that by, by preparing the Operation Christmas Child shoeboxes and sending these along, you're not only blessing children with the gospel and, and the love of God in Jesus Christ and participating in the Samaritan's Purse shoebox ministry, you are teaching them something about gratitude. Did you know that? Uh, it's extraordinary when we watch videos in the past, as we, as we did just a few weeks ago, of children gathered up so excited, opening up those shoeboxes, and all they express is gratitude, how grateful they are for receiving these shoe boxes, And it touches our heart just to see that, but you may not realize how critical, how important it is to pass along gratitude to younger generations and, how, and what the great need is for that in our time, in our generation, to be sure those who are younger uh, and, and children learn gratitude and what, what it means to be grateful. In 2015, Jeffrey Froh, a psychologist, published a book called Making Grateful Kids. Uh, And in this book, he passed along his research, that of his team, and what they learned about gratitude among uh, preteens and then teenagers. Uh, And preteens, he calls young adolescents, I'll call them preteens, but 11 to 13-year-olds. This is what he he said. Uh, He said, we found that grateful." Adolescents ages 11 to 13 compared to their less grateful counterparts are happier. Uh, These grateful children are more optimistic. They have better social support from their friends and family. They're more satisfied with their school, their family, the community, and themselves. And they give more emotional support to others. Uh, He said also there are physical benefits to them being grateful. He said, we've found that uh, children that are more grateful, the ones that are more grateful as compared to their less grateful friends or peers, they tend to be physically healthier. They report fewer physical symptoms such as headaches, stomach aches, and runny noses. He said that we've also found that teenagers who are grateful, that is ages 14 to 19, compared to less grateful teenagers are more satisfied with their lives. They use their strengths to better support their community. They're more engaged in their schoolwork and hobbies. They have higher grades. They're less envious. They're less depressed. And they're less materialistic. Gratitude is something we must choose to do, something we must learn. But it obviously impacts us. And we're living in a generation, we're living in an age that's ungrateful. And that ingratitude is being fostered. It's being cultivated, uh, especially among the young, among teenagers, young adults, adolescents. They're they're learning to be ungrateful rather than than to be grateful. But let's be honest, it it starts with us personally. More than in the culture, it, it starts with us. And we're in a message series we started last week, asking and answering the questions, how can we restore gratitude to ourselves and then pass that along to younger generations? The Apostle Paul reflected that ingratitude, that is ungrateful people, will increase and ingratitude will escalate as we progress toward the end of the age. In our Bible verse that I mentioned last week is sort of an anchor for this series, Second Timothy chapter 3 verses 1 and 2. Paul says, but know this, hard times will come in the last days for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, proud, demeaning, and, and listen to this, disobedient to parents and ungrateful and unholy. It seems that the, the statement disobedient to parents may have triggered in his mind the image of the younger generation. Uh, they're, in the last days, they will become increasingly disobedient to authority and increasingly ungrateful. And we're seeing that ingratitude escalate and increase uh, in our culture and in our generation. So in this message series, we're going to look at how to restore gratitude. Last week, as you know, we talked about where ingratitude comes from. How do we become so ungrateful? And uh, We saw that it's embedded in the sin, and when we foster that sin and cultivate sin, we also cultivate ingratitude toward our Creator, because at rock bottom, gratitude in, in the human experience is because we have a Creator. We have one to whom we should be grateful Regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the situation, there is one to whom we should always be grateful. We have a creator, and that's a fundamental uh, teaching of the Bible. But when we get rid of that, uh, we become ungrateful and we become invested in our own pride. We become more sinful. We considered that last week. Now this week and and the next two Sundays, we're going to consider how to restore gratitude. How you, how you and I can take steps to restore gratitude in ourselves and to live a lifestyle of gratitude. And it begins with our perspective. We'll consider this morning how restoring gratitude begins with changing our perspective. See, our problem typically is we tend to look at our lives from ground level. We tend to look at our circumstances from ground level. So we base our gratitude or our lack of gratitude on what's happening in our circumstances. We are grateful for stuff that we get. We are grateful when things go our way. We are grateful when we feel good. But we don't know how to be grateful when things are not going our way. We don't know how to be grateful or what gratitude looks like when we don't get our way, when we're going through suffering and heartache. Uh, we don't know how to be grateful because we associate gratitude With our circumstances, we see it from our perspective, from ground level. That's why it's so important to see our circumstances from God's point of view, from God's perspective. When we see our circumstances from God's perspective, it restores to us a perspective of gratitude and a desire to be grateful to our God no matter the circumstances. Being grateful to God no matter the circumstances begins with an understanding of His character. And the Bible says that God is always good. He's always good. Now, the goodness of God is defined by the nature of God. God is good because by nature, God is good. Now, this morning, I'm going to look at a few passages of Scripture with you. I'm going to read them. You're welcome to look them up right now or take note of them, look back on these Scriptures later. But I want to encourage you to to pay attention to the flow of Scripture, what the Bible teaches about the goodness of God as the reason, the primary reason we can be grateful in all circumstances because we know God's nature is unchanging and that He is always good at all times. For example, James chapter 1 and verse 17. New Testament book of James chapter 1 and verse 17. James writes, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Now, James is writing to believers who are in difficult circumstances, and he wants them to understand, first of all, that God is unchanging. His character is not like shifting shadows. You can't determine God's character by your circumstances. You determine it by what He said about Himself and who we know that He is by our experience with Him. That's how we we know God's character. So, James says, first of all, God's character is absolute, God never changes. And what is it about God's character that never changes? His goodness. God is always good. Now the term translated good into English as good in this scripture refers to beneficial outcomes. Beneficial outcomes. That is to say, God always does the good thing. He always does what's right and what's good. By nature, that's what He does. Let me put it the other way. God never does what would not be good. God never does anything that's not good. By nature, He's always good, so He is always producing beneficial outcomes. That's what He does. Uh, they are beneficial to you. Now, now make note of this. What, we, what is good, what the Scripture calls good, has nothing to do with how you feel. It doesn't, doesn't matter if you feel good. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if the circumstances are good for you or you feel like they are good that, that's not what the bible's talking about the bible's talking about that your god by nature is always good and always produces beneficial outcomes whether you feel good about it or not yeah but he is always producing beneficial good outcomes based on his definition of what is good which all goes all the way back to creation Remember, every day that God created, God said that it was good. So what we know about goodness, we get from the nature of God. And we know that it never changes. And we know that God has beneficial outcomes regardless of our circumstances. That's why it's so important to have God's perspective on your circumstances. We cultivate gratitude when we remember that God is always good. So we can always be grateful to God No matter our circumstances, we can always be grateful to God. Now, I want to break this down for just a few minutes this morning and consider three reasons that you can always be grateful to God no matter your circumstances. Three reasons based on the goodness of God that you can always be grateful to God no matter the circumstances. For example, first, no matter the circumstances, you can always be grateful that God cares for you. That God cares for you. Now, when the Bible speaks of God caring for us, there is always two prongs to God's care for human beings. Two two prongs, two teachings. They run side by side throughout the Bible. The first one is that God cares for you because God cares for His creation. Therefore, God cares for all people all the time whether or not they are believers in Christ, whether or not they follow Christ. God shows his care over his creation, and he does it all the time by nature because he's good. For example, the book of Psalms, chapter 145 and verse 9. Chapter 145 and verse 9, the book of Psalms, the Bible says the Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all that he has made. Now, in that passage, the word translated good means that he is morally good. And it also means that he sets things in a moral order to be good. What's it talking about? It's talking about natural law. It's talking about the way the creation works. That all human beings can participate in the good things, the good outcomes of God's creation if they work in concert with God's creation. This is what Jesus means later when Jesus says the sun, uh, God lets the sun shine on the righteous and the unrighteous. The rain falls for the righteous and the unrighteous. God doesn't exclude anyone in the created order if they live in concert with His created order. They are experiencing His care. Well, listen to that. God loves people and loves creation, His creation, so much Human beings that not only do not acknowledge him, but might disdain him, they might even ridicule him, they might even claim he doesn't exist, they get to experience the creative, orderly care of the creator. Because that's how good he is. That's how good he is. He will permit everyone to participate in that. But the other prong, the other side uh, of God's care, is that he favors those who follow Christ. He favors believers. And and believers experience a kind of care that unbelievers never do. And it's for this reason. Unbelievers always experience life on ground level. They don't have God's perspective. But people of faith can have God's perspective and realize that God's care extends beyond ground level. So secondly, God cares for his creation. He cares for all human beings because we're part of his creation. But second, God favors Christians. He cares for Christians in a special way. still in the book of Psalms. Psalm 31, verse 19. The Bible says, How abundant are the good things that you have stored up for those who fear you, specifically believers, that you bestow in the sight of all on those who take refuge in you. And here's an interesting thing. The term translated good things, and your Bible might read it goodness, is a different word carried over into English. Uh, This time it refers to the best things, the best possible outcome. Uh, We call it blessings, and your Bible may use that, that, that translation of the term. That God gives blessings, God gives goodness, God is always good to those who fear Him, that is those who walk closely with Him, who love Him. And notice this, because everyone sees it happen. You see, the care of God, the goodness of God, in your life and in mine, can be seen by everyone watching whether they're believers or not. They see the outcome of God's great work in your life when you trust Him and trust His perspective. This is a faith perspective on the care and the goodness of God. It means that God always has in mind what's best for the believer. It also refers to goodness by experience. It refers to us looking ahead and knowing that God will be good to us, God will take care of us, because that's what He's always done in the past. God always has your best in mind even when it seems like the circumstances cry out for an explanation, you can know that God always has your best in mind, that God is preparing for you more goodness, more blessings than you could imagine, so you get to see God work through your life, and other people step back and say, wow, God is real. God did that. That's God's purpose in the life of the believer." It doesn't say God suddenly changes the circumstances because you become a believer. What it says is He cares for you through the circumstances with an outcome that He has determined to be the best for you when you get to the other side. Always remember that when you're going through tough times or through what you consider good times, soft times. That we're on this journey with Christ and He knows what's out there. He knows what comes next. He knows what He's prepared for you. He will walk with you through this time so you can get there and find out truly what God has in store for you, how God's going to take care of you along the way. That's God's design, and that's God's purpose for you, that good things are stored up. Notice that. They're prepared in advance for you along this journey. So no matter the circumstances, no matter the circumstances, you can be grateful that God cares for you. And that will never change. God always cares for you. He knows what you're going through right now. He cares for you in the moment. He walks with you through this valley. He will never leave you. And he has anticipating things that he's going to bless you with in the days ahead. The second reason you can always be grateful, no matter the circumstances, is that God is gracious to you. No matter the circumstances, you can always be uh, grateful because God is gracious to you. God's grace is a reality for the believer in Christ, and God is always gracious to us. When we think of God's grace, we think of our salvation, and rightly so. We are saved by grace through faith, that not of ourselves, so that no one can boast. God, when you trust Christ as your Savior... God gave you eternal life. He forgave you of your sins. He gave you eternal life, not because you were good enough for it, but because Christ died on the cross for you. And you accepted that. You received Christ as your Savior. You accepted the fact that you were a sinner in need of a Savior, and Christ died for you. And when you believe that, when you trust Christ as your Savior, then by grace you are saved. There's no such thing as a human being being, uh, who is good enough to say God, that God says, wow, you know, you are so good, just, let's just skip the cross. You, you get into heaven on your own. It's not going to happen. So we know we're saved by grace through faith, that not of ourselves, so that no one could boast. You trusted Christ as your Savior, and by grace, God saved you. What we sometimes forget, however, is that we live by grace as well. We live by grace as well a lot of times all people including believers are in the midst of difficult circumstances and we say something like if we don't say it out loud we think it I don't deserve this I don't deserve this meaning what we mean by that is I'm too good for this why should I have to go through this I've been to church I've been religious you might even know for a fact you're a Christian and you wonder God why why this I don't deserve to go through this now the flip side of that is are the people, and sometimes believers, who say, look at me, aren't I great? Nothing ever bad seems to happen to me. My circumstances are just swimming with joy. Both miss the point. Both miss the point. God is gracious to you. Trust me, you don't want what you deserve. He is gracious to you every moment of every day. His grace saved you, and His grace gives you life to live day by day. The Apostle Paul put a fine point on this for argumentative Corinthian believers. We're studying 1 Corinthians in our Wednesday Reset Bible Study at noon. Join us for that. This is my shameless plug. Join us for that in person or online. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7, the Apostle is zeroing in on this problem in Corinth that they're prideful, and he says, For who makes you so superior?" what do you have that you didn't receive? If in fact you did receive it, why do you boast as if you hadn't received it? What do you have that you didn't receive? Nothing. The answer is nothing. Everything I have, I received by the grace of God in Jesus Christ. Salvation, life, my family, every opportunity to share the gospel, the good people I know in fellowship, the opportunities I have to celebrate and serve, the worship we were in today, all these things I received. I didn't I don't merit this. I didn't make this happen. I'm not so good that God singled me out and said I'm just never going to give you hardship. You'll never experience bad times. You'll never go through rough things. No. I live by grace and so do you. You can always be thankful that God is so gracious to you. And if you're a believer in Christ, wake up every morning and acknowledge, God, thank you for Jesus thank you for what you've done for me in Christ you did for me what I could not do for myself you accepted me when I was unacceptable you loved me when I was unlovable you gave me grace thank you what a great way to start the day and no matter what circumstances you find yourself in you can always be grateful because God is gracious to you he's unchanging He's always good, and He always cares for you as well. Last, no matter the circumstances. No matter the circumstances, you can always be grateful because God has a purpose for you. God has a purpose for you. And if you're in the midst of difficult circumstances, the Bible teaches those difficult circumstances dovetail with His purposes. He can use those for His purposes to move you forward. But well, the Bible teaches clearly that God's purpose is always greater than our circumstances. God has a plan. God has a purpose for every believer. And that purpose, you, you stepped into that purpose the moment you trusted Christ as your Savior. And that purpose launches you forward and into eternity with Him. And you might understand not understand everything going on in your life right now, but God has a purpose for you. And God is unpacking and unfolding that purpose as you A very familiar passage for most believers. The Apostle Paul, Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. Romans 8 verse 28. Paul says, and we know, and we know. Now, the word translated know in that passage means that we have discovered by experience. We've come to know these things. That in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. He doesn't say all things are good, but he says God works works for the good for those who love him who's that followers of Christ who have been called according to his purpose another way of designating people who love Jesus they've been called according to his purpose see when you got saved in Christ you stepped out of your purpose you gave up your plan and you said God's got a purpose for me I'm following Christ And God will never stop in moving you forward in that purpose. He has a purpose for you, which He will unfold and unpack in your circumstances and your life because He loves you. Uh, The word translated good in Romans 8.28 is the same one that James uses. It refers to what is beneficial and what is right. It refers to uh, God knowing the outcome and the plan to get you there. It's an absolute. It has nothing to do with how you feel about your circumstances. Uh, nothing to do with what you think is good or what you think is bad in your circumstances. It has to do with God having absolute goodness and beneficial outcomes for his believer in Christ. And then the term translated purpose. Actually, in the Greek language, there are a few terms that in our Bible just show up as the word purpose, just like there are a few terms that show up in English as good uh, because we don't have other words for good. We just say good. But they have various words with different nuances, and the word translated purpose in this passage refler, refers to God's planned outcomes. It, it, it is the bookend to the word good. It's the reminder to the believer that God's planned outcomes are always beneficial for you. And God is working you in that direction in those planned outcomes. When you look at your circumstances from your perspective, you say, why? When you look at them from God's perspective, you say, God knows what he's doing. God will take care of me. And as Jesus said, God's will be done. Because it's, when you and I say that, it's always better. Always better than what we could conceive. God knows what he's doing. He has a plan and a purpose for you. You can be grateful to God because of that purpose. Because you know you are in the hands of a benevolent, good, and kind creator. Creator who cares for you and who will shepherd you through the circumstances you find yourself in. You can be grateful to God because He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He is always gracious and compassionate to you. You can be grateful to God because He is always good and because God knows the beneficial outcomes that He has in mind for your situation. You may not see it, but isn't that what faith is about? Faith is trusting God for what you cannot see. And God has a beneficial outcome that God has planned to unfold for you. And it's the best thing. It's not just a good thing, necessarily. It's the best thing for believers that God has for you. I want to challenge you this morning, believers in Christ, to change your perspective. I do. I want to challenge you to change your perspective. I want to challenge you to to stop looking at your circumstances from ground level and start looking at them from God's perspective. How do I do that? You do that through the aperture of the Word of God. Just like we did this morning. You learn about who God is, God's nature. You let God guide you. You you let God remind you that he's always good and he cares for you. You look at your circumstances from God's perspective. And it's amazing the gratitude that will flood your heart. If you find yourself in here an ungrateful person, you're just just ungrateful, ask God why. Let God cleanse that from you. And ask God to, to change your perspective. In 2010, a massive hurt earthquake hit the island of Haiti and right away uh, North Carolina Baptist on mission jumped into action, partnered with Samaritan's Purse and started sending teams down. And What Samaritan's Purse did, if you weren't here back in those days, what Samaritan's Purse did, they have a compound there and they started bringing supplies in to bring shelter, to build shelters for the families that had lost their homes in the earthquake. And It was a devastating situation. You may recall uh, that independent sources said over 160,000 people lost their lives in that earthquake. So it was a devastating situation. Uh, we joined as First Baptist Church, we joined into that effort, sent a few teams down there. In 2011, I was privileged to go in that February with a team that went down there. And, and we would take these shelters from the Samaritan's Purse compound out into the villages. And frequently, we would, we would build them, we'd set them up right beside where a home used to be, but had been completely devastated by the earthquake. So the, so the same family that lived in that home would be there when we would, we would set up this shelter for them. Now, when I say shelter, I'm kind of being generous. Wooded with tarps for walls and a metal roof, beds built out of hardwood And nailed to the inside. Now in our country, if someone came along and they said, this is the replacement for your home in the meantime, we would be angry. We would would be ungrateful. You owe us more than this. We deserve better than this. How dare you say this is the replacement for the home that I had right there. Look how big it was. I lived there for X many years. That was my home. I'm not, I'm not doing this. You're not giving me that. You, I deserve better. You owe me more. That's our ungrateful culture. Every time we finished one of those shelters, the Haitian family would embrace us in gratitude. We would worship the Lord together outside there in the heat and in the dirt, dirt floor, dirt floor, hardwood bed, tin roof tarp sides. And they were singing to Jesus at the top of their lungs. We gave them a Bible and they loved it. They embraced the Bible. We prayed with them. They celebrated how grateful they were that by God's design, these people they had never met had shown up and given to them what they did not have yesterday. Shelter against the heat. And the wind. It's a matter of perspective, isn't it? And so often we think gratitude is a matter of the circumstances. It's not. It's a matter of perspective. And for you, believer in Christ, it's a matter of seeing your life and your circumstances from God's point of view. Today, will you change your perspective? Will you let God show you that you have been ungrateful? for what he's done and doing in your life. And if he's shepherding you through a tough time, have you told him how grateful you are that he has not, not let you go, that how grateful you are that he has a plan and a purpose ahead for you, beneficial outcomes because your God is always good. Have you told him you're grateful? I want to challenge you, believer in Christ. If you find in your heart ingratitude, change your perspective. Start seeing your life from God's point of view. Thank you for his care His grace and His purpose for you. Now you might be here in house or at home this morning and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior. And maybe you've wondered what it is going on in the lives of those believers. I hope you know believers in Christ that are grateful to God, grateful for His grace, His care, and His purpose. I hope you've encountered the kind of believers that say, Yes, God, you do a work in my life because that's what these circumstances are all about. I hope you know those people. And I hope in knowing those people that you've turned your attention to Christ. If you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, I want to pray for you and with you in just a minute to give give your life to Jesus Christ today, to trust Him who died on the cross for you as your Savior. That's what the Bible teaches. You know, the Bible teaches that we're all sinners in need of a Savior. And our Creator loves us so much, He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for you and me, to give Himself up to die for our sins, And then God raised him from the grave so we could trust Christ completely as our Savior. We could acknowledge we're not not good enough for heaven, good enough for forgiveness, but he did it for us anyway, and all we need to do is trust Jesus. So in a minute, I'm going to pray for you and with you, and I hope if you've never trusted Christ, you would do that today. Believers in Christ, I'm going to pray with you first, that we would take up that challenge to get into the Word of God, to change our perspective on our circumstances, and to be grateful. If, if there's ingratitude in your heart, let God root that out. Leave today grateful to God for who He is and for what He's done in your life. Heavenly Father, we pause in the moment. God, so glad and grateful for you. Glad and grateful for Jesus. Glad and grateful, God, for the care, the compassion, the grace, and the purpose that you have for us. And Father, I pray for believers right here in this room and at home, God. Believers who realize today, you're showing them today, Rooting out that ingratitude, that they are ungrateful because they're looking at their lives at ground level. God, forgive us for that. And Father, I, may, I pray, God, you would show us our lives from your perspective, your point of view. Root out that ingratitude, God, and replace it with gratitude for your care, your grace, and your purpose for us. Father, I pray for those in this room and at home that need to make decisions maybe decisions to join First Baptist Church, maybe decisions to take a new step of faith, to turn over to you our our worries and burdens, our cares and the trials and struggles we're going through right now, to turn over to you our circumstances, God. Fresh decisions today, rededications to Christ. God, if that's what you're calling us to do, I pray today we would do just that. We'd be obedient to you and trust you enough, God, to turn over our lives to you in a fresh way today. And I pray for those, God, who have never trusted Christ as their Savior, here in house and at home. God, I pray today will be the day they put all their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ. And I pray this prayer with them, God, and I pray for that one in house or at home that would today say yes to you through this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I know I can't save myself. I know that I'm not that good, but I know and I believe that Jesus came and he died on the cross for me. And God, you raised him from the grave today. So Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. And I receive you as my Savior. Come into my heart and into my life. I commit my life to Christ today. Father, for those who have prayed these prayers today, believers in Christ, those who have prayed to trust Christ for the first time, God, meet us where we are, shepherd us along, help us to grow in grace and grow in faith and deepen our faith day by day. I pray all that we do with honor and lift up the name of our Savior and our Lord. Jesus Christ, where it's in his precious name we pray.